Welcome to another episode of SharkBites.net, where we delve into issues of tech leadership in the public sector. Please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts or simply go to SharkBites.net. Here now is our host, Dr. Alan Shark, Executive Director of the Public Technology Institute, now a division of Fusion Learning Partners. Well, greetings, everyone, and welcome to Season 4 of Shark Bites. You know, we always try to do things differently, and this will be another episode that I'm very much looking forward to. We have a conversation today with Jasper Appleton. Hey, Jasper, thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on Shark Bites. When we first met, I noticed his voice. You'll probably notice it, too. And I said, boy, this sounds like a real professional announcer. So he's certainly going to outdo me. And uh, you've had some experiences there. So let me set the stage. And then I want to hear more about your background. We are here at the Fusion Learning Partners Symposium that they hold every year in St. Paul, Minnesota. And this is the first time I've met with Jasper. But uh, I, we have a common connection. Yes, we do. Yeah, um, my mother, Mary Wynn, uh, basically puts on the um, government IT symposium along with her company, Fusion Learning Partners. So I've always been um, involved with uh, this symposium for the past five years. I've done the podcast series um, for Fusion Learning Partners um, for the past three, four years as well, um, just working with the keynote speakers and getting more involved in the tech world. And that's kind of where my interest as well kind of started sparking um, and my decision to move away from broadcast and more into to cybersecurity and, and IT. We were talking earlier, you may have the voice, but you weren't getting paid, right? No, yeah, that was the thing. And, and as, as great as journalism was, um, and I loved my time working with WTMJ and on the radio in Wisconsin, uh, it just wasn't really um, financially a great motivator and fit. And it's not really money has been you know, a, a huge thing for me, but I also saw the other qualities that I really enjoy about um, you know, the idea of a career and wanting to... to you know, help a community and uh, and do those things the same reasons why I got into journalism, but also apply that to a new skill like cybersecurity. All right. To help set the stage, I want to go back in time and uh, go back to when you were in school. What led you to where you are now, before your interest in technology? Yeah. I want to get to before that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I really was focused on sports journalism and specifically esports journalism. Um, that was my main focus when I was in school and before college. Uh, I was also a Division One athlete at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee in swimming, so swimming was a huge passion of mine. Uh, still is. Um, I think that would be really the only way I'd probably get back into journalism is if I could cover swimming or a, a sport like that full-time, but it just... Uh, that was like my real draw uh, of journalism and then I started to get more into um, the local news and just uh, national news, things like that as well and it just, my interest kind of decayed and faded a little bit and for a lot of people who do go into the world of journalism, um, it is something that you really have to love. You got to be really passionate about it. You got to understand that your own personal feelings are going to take a backseat all the time, uh, which is a lot of careers as well. But it was just uh, mainly more for me. I wanted to do something where I could live comfortably, but also help out. So there's that practical thing. You got to pay the rent. Exactly. Okay. You gotta pay the so here we are in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. We are here at the uh, Midwest's largest technology conference. Uh, 
You mentioned your mom operates. She's the CEO. Yeah. Uh, and so you've been exposed to technology because this show is all about technology. That's why we're here. Yeah. So you're in the hospitality business now, and I gather from our previous conversation uh, before this interview that um, this is a transition moment. Absolutely. And that you've identified something that you really want to get into, which is not something you thought you would get into, which is technology. Yeah. No, it, and it's... Um really more so of just the, the pivot into AI and, and, and more companies kind of not really understanding AI, but then also the uh, interest of how many, the, the, the mass need, especially in the public sector and in the private sector, of course, but for people who do know technology and know how to talk about technology and know how to kind of bridge the gap between people who don't know a lot about technology and the people who do. So... I think five-year plan, once I've finally gotten my feet you know, wet in the industry, is to work with either a public sector um, entity or a private sector entity and go to things like this and, and, and use my communication skills and my hospitality skills as well in partnership with my technology skills. Okay, but i got to drill further. Why tech? Yeah, tech, um, it's, it's not going anywhere. You know, it seems like the most stable option. It seems like something that... Um, as uh, a generation that's exiting, who's not, you know, not really, they, they've they've kind of been forced to have technology. I want to be talking to and, and, and helping people who are basically forced to live with technology for the rest of their lives. You know, I want I want a QR code to be something that's seamless for everyone, not something that's like a challenge. And I feel like as you look at the age demographic and people who would struggle with something like a QR code, the older side are, are struggling to keep up with the new things that are coming along. Oh, let alone every every iPhone edition. It's like, right. oh, look at all these new benefits. They go, I'm still figuring out the iPhone 3. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I, I think just being someone who's able to communicate really well um, and also show you know the, the positive qualities of certain things, I think that uh, would really fall under my wheelhouse as well. So the big step that you're taking to actually get in, it's one thing to express an interest. You have explored many different ways to put your first step into the game. And tell us more about that. Yeah, so I'm going through uh, a program called CompTIA. I'm sure your listeners have known your involvement with that as well. Um, CompTIA, for me, has been great. Uh, it's just been a way for me to, to, like you said, just get my feet in the door um, affordably without having to go back to school, which was something that I just couldn't really afford with the time commitment, um, as well as the financial you know, burden. But uh, it's just something that... I've always really been interested in. That's uh, how my dad also got into IT over the pandemic. Um, he made he was always working as like an IT officer, but to get certified, um, that was you know a, a big way. Um, and so yeah, just just really just trying to connect with people like Alan as well um, and other people here, and just see how they did it their ways. And then also, I think a big part of really finding any career is finding a mentor and just someone who can kind of walk you through some of the. The, uh, the first steps and, and the path and make sure that you're at least going on the right way and how to avoid some potholes. So are your parents scratching their heads if they're both in technology and they're yeah. saying, what took you so long? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, I th- my parents have always been super supportive in whatever I wanted to do. Um, I was really lucky to have a great um, foundation in that sense. So they've always pushed me to, um, you know, try things that I was passionate about. Journalism was was one thing, but like I said, after the pandemic, it kind of just, uh, that shine kind of rubbed off a little bit differently. And um, 
Now we're just uh, we're looking to continue to find the shine in something else. So tell me a little bit more about the pathways with Comtia. Which ones or one are you going for? Yeah, uh, right now I'm just going to try and get uh, Security Plus to start off with. Um, and then I was also thinking about Network Plus as well. Um, and then just trying to find either a remote job, um, working with a company in around the United States or something local in Milwaukee, which is where I currently reside in. Um, wouldn't be opposed to come back to Minnesota or to work with a, a local entity like that, um, or a local government, I should say. But um, there's a lot of pathways, obviously, in IT. You know, there's everyone needs more um, more manpower, more people who, who know what they're doing, and, and that's just kind of what I'm, I'm interested in. Well, aside from pay scales, I have to tell you that there are so many CIOs that I know in the public sector that are looking for somebody like you. The demand is very, very high, and the flexibility you get working in the public sector, obviously I'm an advocate for the public sector, is something you would never get in a company. Right, yeah, and I think that's that's a huge benefit and, and trade-off that a lot of people don't realize as well. And I think a, a public se- sector job is definitely something where uh, I will. I eventually see myself in in a role like that. Um, obviously, starting off in in, a, in the the field, I'm not going to be too picky on whether or not, um, uh, especially about price or I shouldn't say price, but especially about salary um, and compensation. Because when you've lived a life as a journalist, you know <laughs> anything's kind of better than that. Looking um, good. <laughs> it's looking good, exactly. So, uh, really, just wherever I can find the most experience, and like I said, find a mentor who can who can lead me in the right direction. See, I think this is a very important uh, point in your career and something I want to share with everyone. You just said something I think is so important, and that is the idea of a mentor or a champion. I think the people that I know that have succeeded the best, who have the most meaningful careers, have somebody that is watching out for them. Not a parent necessarily. That's a different relationship. But somebody who takes somebody under the wing, mentors, champions their cause, and looks out and and kind of lets them fail sometimes and, and really helps them grow. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, I, I absolutely agree with that. When you look at a mentor and someone who uh, is someone you're looking for, basically to be them, that's basically what you're looking for in a mentor. And I think when you do find someone like that, if, like you said, if you're, they're able to let you fail, but then not let you fail in a way that discourages you, but right. uplifts you, I think that's the most important part. I think um, a lot of people, um, I mean, you see a lot, especially in sports, where you'll have that that quarterback who's been there for forever, who doesn't want to kind of teach the new rookie quarterback what to do, or some of the ropes that way. You saw it in Tennessee with the Titans, saw it with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, but it's it's things like that where that those same feelings are also applied in every other job and every other position. Yeah. So uh, really, if you're a, a new person who's just like me listening, maybe for the first time, uh, and trying to get into a, either a new field or a field in IT, definitely find someone who's going to let you fail, but fail in the right way and be supportive about it. I think the other thing is so many people discount technology because they didn't have a technology quote-unquote background. And I have found in my experience, I've been in this field quite a while, that many positions in tech are in tech. Mm-hmm. You know, it's reason thinking. Yeah. It is being a business analyst, being able to analyze situations and customer, understanding the customer and, and what are their needs? How is it working for them? And in my sense is the very fact that you're able to connect the dots between your people skills um, especially now at this moment in time being in the hospitality business, taking that and saying, you know, it's more than just a voice. I mean, there's something behind this voice, right? And you're saying, and you've said it earlier, 
taking those people skills, mm-hmm. linking them with technology, to me, is the message that I want everyone to take away with. Because it really is still, despite the technology, mm-hmm. it is the people skills that make things work or not. Yeah, exactly. The lunch keynote said it as well. If you, you could have the best technology in the world if you don't have someone who can help people understand it. It's not going to be the best technology in the world. Um, I, I can definitely say no matter how good I get or how much I throw myself into the field, um, I'm definitely not going to be the smartest person in the room. And that's something that I will always say and agree with. But I would like to be able to identify the smartest people in the world or in the room at all times because working in a field like technology, I may not be good with technology, but I'm really good with people and understanding the right people to talk to about certain things or getting a certain group of people to connect with another group of people or et cetera like that. That's where I feel like I'm going to to bring a lot of value to a company in the tech world. You know, 10 years ago, things may have been a little bit different, but let me just share with you a study that I'm very familiar with and I talk about every so often. And there's our sister organization, the National Association of State CIOs. They did a survey in 2018, and they surveyed the top 50, well, they have 50, 50 state CIOs, asking them, what are the most important attributes moving forward that people should be looking for? And they gave them a forced choice of 10 different choices. Yeah. Guess where technology wound up? Probably near the lower side of it. Number nine. Number nine. Mm-hmm. Number one was communications, yeah. deal maker. It was all these professional skills, feeling that... We can always train people to be technology-oriented, like you're going through the CompTIA stuff, which is about as good as you can get. Yeah. Um, PTI was part of CompTIA for a number of years, um, and they have the best programs because they're vendor-neutral uh, and proven to really be effective in career development. But the survey that I just mentioned, Nancyo, they repeated it in 2023, and guess where technology? Again, number nine. So the idea that... I hate the word soft skills, but let's call them professional skills. Some are now calling them power skills. You add that with a technology background, that is the future. So that has to be encouraging to you. It is, yeah, and it's definitely something um, that I think a lot of people uh, have noted when I I talk about that that desire. Um, Genuinely, when I I look at events like this, it it would really entice me to be able to, you know, I'd I'd be the first one to throw my hand up and be like, oh yeah, I'll public speak and talk about our company for a couple hours (laughs) a day. Yeah, so I definitely think that um, my skill set is attractive to that to to the field of technology, I will say though it's it is definitely a grind for me personally. It's not like uh, growing up with with ADHD and um, and uh, some other attention deficit uh, issues with learning. It, it it's not something that I can tackle easily. But knowing that there's something outside of just this first grind and you know that, that first certification process in those first couple of years, I know once I do get it under my feet and I'm comfortable. Uh, for lack of better analogy, once I'm comfortable floating in that water, I'm going to be able to swim pretty well. And that's kind of how I always felt. Yeah, I can understand that. Although I would probably have said you might have been better off taking uh, CompTIA A-plus first. Oh, did you consider that? I, I did not. So, yeah, no, I went through how I how I started to, to look through um, CompTIA was one of my buddies, he's working um, down in Hawaii, he's working with the military. That was the route that he went through in terms of training, and, and I just reached out to him, and I was like, hey, buddy, I'm trying to get into 
IT security, and he was like, "You should definitely do it." First, first he tried to get me to do it through the military, and I went, "Okay, hold on, hold on, breaks there." That's a commitment. That is a commitment, and I would say it's 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 a bad one. It's a great commitment. It was just yeah, I probably got to discuss it a little more with my family. But so he, he sent me on the way to, to CompTIA, um, and just going through that route and basically what I could, you know, earn through that way and. and Etc. But so we started off with with Sec Plus and the Network Plus. But I will have to look into into A Plus. And the reason why I mentioned it, I mean, you're you're looking at it from the point of view. This is where the jobs are, right? right? Exactly. But A Plus really prepares you for the basics of technology and help desk support, which sounds like. Uh, do I need to go that far back to go forward? Mm-hmm. And the beauty of CompTIA A Plus is it gives you all the basics. And what local government's looking for is someone like you that know just enough. And when you start listening to all the help desk requests, you become an expert. Because, you know, it just picture going to a, a car dealership. You're not meeting with the mechanics, are you? You're meeting with the service manager. And they're just saying, oh, I think I know what that. And they're verbalizing what a mechanic probably is not trained to do. So you have that advantage coming in. But normally, we advise people, start there in the sense that you're getting that basic, if you wanted to go in the public sector. But your other choice would be based on as I'm listening to you, um, maybe it is more on the sales side, and therefore maybe it's the corporate side, and you might interface with the public sector, but being able to understand products and enough technology to have the credentials and then be able to represent that product to a customer. Yeah. I mean, that absolutely does sound uh, like something I'd be interested in. I think when you look at the people who are obviously down there um, at their booths, just talking to them, like... The enjoyment that they have, you know, just talking about their products or talking about something that they know is going to help the public sector as well, uh, it's something that is noticeable. It's something that you can tell that they do care, they do want to be there, and that's just something where after a while, especially in these these roles that I've worked for the past couple of years, it's, that's kind of just rubbed off, you know, that, that, that desire. Um, but it, I just don't really feel that when, when thinking about journey in IT. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm an advocate for the public sector. All my life has been in this field, and I can tell you that there's so many examples. There's a, a city, I won't mention it now, that um, was very proud. They got in the papers 10 years ago. They outsourced all of IT. In fact, they outsourced the entire city services, except for public safety. And one of the reasons why they're reversing that and going opposite direction now is the fact that there was no buy-in from all the contractors. And there wasn't this camaraderie. There wasn't this feeling of dedication of serving the public. And that's a really good feeling. So what you're seeing on the conference floor here is that dedication that you don't find in the corporate world. Yeah, Yeah, and that's actually a really interesting point, too. I'm blatantly surprised that, uh, I mean, it makes sense when you think about a private sector, you know, basically doing that move but like you said with the public sector you do lose that feeling of community that you're actually in you know helping out the place that you live and you're making it a better feel I feel like if you aren't actually working and seeing the work that you're putting into you know into a community it's not really going to have that same lasting effect or make you want to work harder so it's probably no surprise that within that 10 years they did find it a drastic level of just you know decline within their services or how their services were viewed so that is super super interesting so jasper if you were to close your eyes and look into the future where do you see yourself in five years yeah, in five years, definitely at an event like this, um, either being in a booth or hosting my own session, um, keynote session. I think that'd be a lot of fun, um, whether that's 
uh, public or private is up to up to that to the cards, I'd say. But it's definitely something that uh, I would love to love to do, just because I love traveling. I love talking about things that I'm passionate about, especially things that help people um, and technology fills all those all those roles. So very good, Jasper. Thank you so much for leading us off in season four. It's good to have a fellow podcaster is that you do Fusions podcasts. Uh, it's kind of unnerving to have a professional doing that with me, but now people have seen the other side of me. I've become a vocational counselor for this particular program. <laughs> you have. You were fantastic as well. Thank you so much for having me on Shark Bites. I appreciate it. Thank you. I wish you the best of luck. And we are broadcasting today from Fusion Learning Partners along with PTI, my organization, now part of Fusion Learning Partners, at their IT Hub event, their symposium, middle of December. 2023, where we have over 550 people attending the largest event in the Midwest. Thank you so much, yeah. Appreciate everyone for coming out, and I hope you enjoyed the, the IT Symposium. Cool, and good luck to you. Thank you. So until next time, as I always say, please be safe digitally and personally. You've been listening to another episode of SharkBites.net. Please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts or simply go to SharkBites.net. And if you or someone you know has a story to tell, please let us know.